0: Lord, we come to you this morning with our hearts just filled, God, with you right now. Your spirit has been moving, God. Our attention has been directed with you. You've warmed us with your presence, and now, God, we want to get into your word and hear your voice. So, Lord, speak to us through your word, God. We know that your word, God, that all scriptures breathe of God. Lord, this is how you communicate to us, number one way, Lord. And so I pray that your spirit would speak loudly to us this morning. God, that you would heal us, that you would free us, that you would transform us, that you would help us more and more to be the people you want us to be. So I ask for your anointing of your Holy Spirit, and I ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, it's funny what people get into, um, seems like, a lot of people make their life about different things. And let me give you an example. I read a few examples here. I read of a woman who has actually, uh, it, I guess it's been certified, that she has the largest collection of purses. She has 3,500 of the handbags. I think she's, her life is really about uh, purses, and the most expensive one is a uh, hundred and ten thousand dollars. Can you believe that? Uh, because of all these high-end purses, uh, she actually keeps them. Uh, this article said in a secure bunker. Another guy I read about from the Netherlands has made it his life to collect airline sickness bags. He has accumulated six thousand. Uh, 16 basically those barf bags. No, they're empty, though. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, this would be weird if you know he still kept them. Uh, the, he collected them from like 1,191 airlines all around. I think the, the weirdest is, is this collection of 30,000 <coughs> toenail clippings. It's actually really a group of scientists who are making it Basically, their life's work in researching diseases such as cancer from toenail clippings. I don't understand that, but hey, if you're into it, that's okay. <laughs> but we, don't we all have different interests in our life, right? Don't, there's things that we're into, that things that we spend uh, time and effort in our life with, and, and, and in our mind, and our heart, and our monies, all different ways. But we should understand, shouldn't we, for believers, our lives should first of all be all about Jesus, right? Jesus. And well, this morning, as we return to our study in the book of 1 Peter, this is what Peter is going to be proposing. This is what every believer must be about, living life for Jesus. And that's the title of our message this morning, Living Life for Jesus. You're going to see on your screen that it says part one. Um, the past few days in my studies, I, I I was like, I was going to do this whole set of verses from uh, verse 13 all the way through 17. But I didn't make it. So <laughs> I'm sorry to do this to you guys again. I was thinking, oh, everyone's tired. I'm doing part one, part two, part three. But I just had to focus in and break it up. So we're going to do part one, which is actually only verse 13 this morning. We're going to only look at one verse and part one a living life for Jesus. Now, we're going to do the first of our outline. Now, our full outline is basically answering the question, how is that done? How are we to live life for Jesus. How are we to be living life for Jesus? Well, this is what Peter gives us in this passage. First of all, number 1 in our outline it, uh, it starts in your mind. Number 2, it's shaped by your conduct, and then number 3, it's set to respect God. So, that's the the three things that we really see from verse 13 through 17. But for this morning, we're just going to take number one in our outline. It starts in your mind. So in this part one, it starts in your mind. Next week, I believe, I, I was just going to say I promised, but I believe we'll finish up the next two headings. But there was so much here, and I, I hope the Lord will speak to you this morning. So for now, living life for Jesus in this part one. It starts in your mind. So number one in our outline, if you're taking notes, number one, it starts in your mind. And as I mentioned, we're only going to look at verse 13. And we're going to take that apart and go deep with it. So let's begin here with verse 13, First Peter chapter 1, verse 13 now. It says here, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope. Fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. All right, that's what we're going to look at this morning, this verse. But let's begin with what the Apostle Peter writing this. He writes this one word. He begins in verse 13 with the word therefore. Now, I, I'm not good at English, but I know that the word therefore is what you call a conjunction. Do you remember the old uh, TV conjunction? Junction, what's your function? That's how I remember it. But but right, it's joining cards, right? It it, it connects things, right? So therefore, it's connecting what was written previously to what Peter's about to write. And so a lot of times, a lot of pastors say, well, when you see the word therefore, you got to ask, why is it therefore? Well, that's what we're going to get into. Now, and reminder, remember the, the last time we were in First Peter, actually it was like the last three times I think it was. In that last section from verse 3 to 12, we saw that there's joy in our salvation, right? Peter talked about that. We saw that there's joy even in trials, right? We could trust God in his plan, and everything that he's doing. And then the last thing that we saw in verses 8 through 12 was actually there's joy in knowing Jesus, so if you take that thought, this joy in knowing Jesus, this relationship we, that we have with God, it's a, a love relationship. It's not a religion, it's not a ritual, but it's a relationship that we engage with God, that, that, that we, we interact with God, and it's based on love, it's all through love. So if you take that thought and what we saw in the verses right above this, Peter's saying this, Since we have now this kind of relationship with God, therefore, it is important to really be living life for God. So you see how that connects here. So as he gets into the rest of this chapter, he's really going to be unfolding a lot of that, and especially our our section we're taking here, but... That's why Peter's saying, therefore, he's connecting, hey, we got this relationship with God. So he's connecting it with, now we got to live life for God since we have that relationship. Now, with that, let me put something else in your mind, and that is that remember Peter is writing to Christians who are severely being persecuted, right? I mentioned to you Nero's on a rampage. He's killing Christians, Right? And 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 the whole uh, colosseum feeding to the lions. The Christians his torches in his garden, burning them. So there's a lot going on in their world at this time. So you can imagine what they're feeling. You can imagine the trials. You can imagine the fear. Yeah, the dismay. All, all the the stress and worries and and just I was thinking, wow. It's, it's sometimes like my life, oh, my world is falling apart. But that's what's happening to them, literally. Their world is falling apart. Many are losing their jobs, losing loved ones, their family, yeah? or maybe getting kicked out of where they, they're living. So there's a lot going on. So Peter's going, look, since you have this relationship with God, therefore, you know what? We've we got to be living for Jesus now, even in times like this. More than any other time in your life, this is the time to really step up and live for Jesus. This is what he's getting into. Because you know why? The enemy Satan wants to stop them for living for Jesus. Right? When your life is starting because of your belief, what are you going to do? Are you going to hide your belief? Are you going to deny Jesus? So there's a lot of pressure here. So Paul, uh, Peter is really saying, look, this is the time more than ever to be living life for God. Living life for Jesus. So how can believers keep going when, the, when this is all going on? How can believers keep going when, when the enemy is using all of this to tempt them to not live for Jesus, to not be bold for Jesus, to not even be a light during this time? Well, this is what we're seeing, first of all. It starts in your mind. It starts in your mind. Now, in verse 13, uh, I, I separated it out to three ways that peter gives us about how to live for jesus starting with our mind and so number one i want you to see is gather up your thoughts if you're taking notes number one is gather up your thoughts take a look at verse 13 once again peter writes therefore preparing your minds for action we'll stop there the word preparing literally is, is in the Greek, is to gird up. It uh, means to, like, tighten your belt, kind of, we talk about today. Or, or more maybe for today's. let's roll up our sleeves. We're going to get going, and we're going to get to work. Yeah, that's the idea. Some of you, um, I grew up with the old King James. Uh, I got saved uh, with, with Pastor Chuck, you know, with the old King James. He's with the new King James, and after we, you know, 16 years, we studied the whole Bible, and with these new translations out, I felt led to switch to ESV. So that's what I'm reading here is the ESV. But those of you still in the old King James, and in my mind, this passage actually says gird up the loins of your mind, and it's kind of like, whoa, that's weird. Gird up the loins, what's that? Well, that means to gather like the loose ends of your robe and tuck them into your belt. Remember back then, that their clothes was more of a robe, and it, it went all the way to the ground. Think of like a graduation gown, yeah, a graduation robe. And they, that was every day. That was the style. But if, if you wanted to get to work, if you wanted to run, you take the bottom parts of the robe and bring it up and cinch it into your belt. So it was like shorts. And then you could work. You could run. So So to gird up now, your mind, it really means to set your mind to to take action. And that's what he says here, preparing your minds for action. Put into your minds, gather your thoughts that, hey, we got to do something. We got to get ready. It's preparing. It's getting ready. You know what? To what we, what Peter's talking about. To get ready to get to living life for Jesus. So, It's important that we start with this. It's important that we set this in our mind first that, you know what, we're going to get to doing something. We're going to make a choice and decide that, you know, I'm going to live life for Jesus now. So that's why Peter says, therefore, prepare your minds for actions. Be preparing your minds. So here's the idea. Gather up your thoughts for how you think. Shapes how you live. That's why it's so important. Let me say that again. Gather up your thoughts for how you think shapes how you live. It starts here in our our mind, you guys. It starts right there for us thinking about it, for making the choice in our mind about it, to say, no, I'm gonna take action here. I want to be living my life for Jesus now. It's been said. Uh, sow a thought, you reap an action. Sow an action, you reap a habit. Sow a habit, you reap a character. Sow a character, you reap a destiny. So it starts with that thought, you guys, and it comes all the way down to your destiny. So you see how it's important to start with what occupies your mind, of what your mind is saying? What's in your mind affects how you live. I was thinking about in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 and 23. Paul's writing there. He says, put off your old self, right? Put off that old sinful self because we're a new creation. That old self which belongs to, you, to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Well, how, how do we do that? Well, then Paul says, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. So it really starts in your mind as we take action to start living life for Jesus. The 18th century commentator, Matthew Henry, he said this, The man is as the mind is. Isn't that good? The man is as the mind is. So... Today, God is calling all of us, you and I, right now, that this is the time to stop your mind from just wandering, thinking whatever it likes, uh, uh, letting those loose thoughts free range in your mind. It's time to take those stray ones and bring it in real in your mind. It's time to focus in on what matters right now. We need to gather up. Our thoughts. So with just Peter saying, therefore prepare your minds for action, this is what we see. Gather up your thoughts. Secondly now, Peter says this. Number two is get to thinking clearly. Get to thinking clearly. Now the next thing he says here in verse 13, therefore preparing your minds for action. And then he says this, and being sober-minded and being sober-minded. Literally, the Greek is like, don't be intoxicated in your mind. That's the idea. It speaks of having self-control in your mind, that you would have a clarity of mind. You you know, um, I was thinking about, I don't know why it came to my mind. Uh, Maybe when you were kids, remember Dumbo, the flying elephant, (laughs) that cartoon, remember that? Remember there was a, a scene in the middle of the movie or that cartoon where Dumbo and I forgot the, the boy's name who was with them, right? They they drank this water, but they didn't know it was spiked, right? And after they drank it, they started to see what? Do you remember? Pink elephants, Pink elephants right? And that song came on and everything. I'm thinking, now I think back and go, that's such a creepy thing to put in a cartoon for kids. I mean, what, what is that? You know, it's just weird, yeah. And so all oh, you know, these pink elephants flying around all that thing. Well, well, you understand sober-minded, being sober, right? Is 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 not to be influenced under alcohol, not to be drunk. And then if you're sober-minded, it means that your mind isn't clouded. Yeah. With things that shouldn't be there. And let me say this our mind shouldn't be clouded with things that are not real, like pink elephants flying around the room. So, Peter's saying, look, get to think clearly, keep your mind clear, get to thinking clearly. And let me add this being careful what you allow into your mind. That's really the idea. Yeah, get to thinking clearly, be sober-minded, because watch out what you're allowing to get into your mind. I was uh, learning recently, according to scientists and researchers, that we humans, we think 30,000 thoughts a day. 30,000, I don't know how they counted that, but anyway, that's what they say, 30,000 thoughts a day. And uh, I guess someone calculated that's 31 thoughts a minute. So there's a lot of thoughts going around in there. And sometimes there's a lot of crazy thoughts going around in there. And some of you, there's more crazy thoughts than sane thoughts. No, just joking. I can't see in your head. I'm talking about my head. (laughs) But also, in those 30,000 thoughts, you know what they say? They say that 70% of them are negative. I thought, whoa, 70%? I mean, that kind of makes sense. I mean, to me, I'm thinking... Maybe that's why I struggle so much. Maybe that's why there's these things, you know, looping in my mind and, and making me so discouraged, you know. maybe 70% against the 30%. And that 70% negative in my mind, that affects us, right? I mean, you guys understand, you yeah? know, you wake up and there's this, oh no, this... What if this happens, or this person thinks of this of me, or, or 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 this is going? Oh no, it's going to be a bad day already. You know all that stuff. You start it's just spinning in your mind. That's part of that seventy percent, you guys. And what happens that affects you, right? How you step out into your day, the emotions that you feel, it affects that. Look, the outlook on your life, yeah, is a byproduct of. Of the way we think. The emotions that we feel can be a byproduct of what we are thinking about. So understand, that's why Peter says, Hey you guys, I know this, I've been through this, I go through this. You know, we gotta control what we allow to stay in our minds because it's gonna affect how we live for Jesus. And so he's saying, be sober-minded here. Get to thinking clearly, because it will affect you. I think about the Apostle Paul, what he wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 6. He said, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. I uh, some of you guys know that verse. I, I've... I, I've been trying to hold on to that, to remind me, what is occupying my mind the most? Is it that 70%, you know, researchers say, or is it the 30%? Is it, is it things that, the what ifs, things that I don't know of, or things that I've kind of put together that probably aren't true? Or is it the word of God, and the truth of God, and the truth of who I am in God? There's a lot of stuff going on in our mind. Our flesh, right? The mind of the flesh, Paul says in Romans 8, it's death. Our sinful flesh will will cause us to think a lot of these thoughts. But the spirit, if we think the thoughts of the spirit, it's life and peace. So here's Peter. Get to thinking clearly. Clearly. By being careful what you're allowing that there in your mind. What you're allowing there to, to run free. What you're allowing to stay and occupy your mind. what 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 is that? Think about that just right now. I mean, this past week, what occupies your mind the most? The most of the time. What is, what is that that's in there? Perhaps that's why you're so affected in a negative way even. So... Come to understanding in that. Understand this because we got to be really aware of this that the battlefield is really in our mind, right? Our battlefield is in our mind. I mean, no wonder so many places in the New Testament, Paul over and over refers to the mind. Uh, The other, uh, last month at our men's fellowship, we had a great discussion and fellowship no wait it was the month before but we had a great discussion and fellowship on second corinthians 10 5 that we need to take every thought captive that the weapons of our warfare aren't aren't physical right but it's spiritual that there's footholds i was reading in, in another book the other day how satan will come and and get a toehold then a, a foothold and then i'm sorry a stronghold. Second Corinthians talks about it's a stronghold, and then Paul says, "Look, we got to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ." And so, the battlefield really is in our minds. The, the The battlefield that we need to really be fighting is those thoughts that are in our mind. What are we supposed to do? Take captive those every thought that and bring them in obedience to Christ. Those fleshly things, nope. No, nope, not going to think about not going to dwell on it, not going to give in to that. But what are we supposed to do? Well, you remember what Paul said in Philippians eight. <clears throat> Excuse me. We must think on <clears throat> what is true, what is honorable, what is just, whatever is pure, right? Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, what did Paul say? Think on these things because not only Peter's telling us but Paul knows the battlefield is in our mind the greatest spiritual battles being fought right there between our ears and I think about how Satan can shoot his arrows and influence us with his lies and get you to think you know what fleshly Get you to think more worldly. Get you to put together some sort of philosophy or truth or something that's not really the pure word of God. Watch out. Because not only is our flesh putting these thoughts there, the Satan shooting those arrows, we've got to put that helmet of salvation on. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 5, just a, a few pages over in this same book. At the end of this book, 1 Peter chapter 5, look at verse 8. Peter mentions this again in the manner that I, and, and in the manner I'm talking about. If you look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober, be sober minded, that same idea, think clearly, be watchful. Your what adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour so think clearly because the devil's trying to get you to not think clearly all right living life for Jesus it starts in the mind so we got a number one gather up your thoughts we got a number two as we just uh, talked about get to thinking clearly and number three the last part you can go back to verse 13 of chapter one the last part is get your mind on the eternal get your mind On the eternal. Take a look here. Verse 13 once again. Therefore preparing your minds for action. Being sober minded. Then he writes this at the end of verse 13. Set your hope fully on the grace. That will be brought to you. At the revelation of Jesus Christ. So Peter writes. Set your hope on the grace. That will be brought to you. What, what is that? What is going to be brought to us? What is our hope in? what What is he talking about? Well, he's talking about our glorification. He's talking about the ultimate end of our salvation. And we get that clue in, this, in that next part about the revelation of Jesus Christ, which we had covered earlier. But what is the hope? The hope is what's coming. And what's coming... Heaven, life in heaven. What's coming? Jesus. What's coming? A life in eternity with Jesus. Now, remember, we learned about grace, didn't we? we I, I was trying to remember if it was in a, here on Sunday or if it was Wednesday, but we did learn that, that we're saved by grace. Like, in the past, there's grace. We're saved by grace. Uh, in the present, we're sustained by grace, Right? And in the future, we will be sent into heaven by grace. So it's all of grace. And at the revelation of Jesus Christ, and we covered that uh, er, earlier in this chapter, it's when Jesus returns at the end of the tribulation, when he sets up his kingdom here on earth, when we come with him when we're there helping him rule and reign in, this, in the millennium. At that time, all this grace will be fulfilled. Our salvation will be fulfilled. Remember, salvation isn't just that past, but it's the present and the future. So Peter here is saying, look, set your hope on what's to come. Set your hope on this eternal life you're going to have with Jesus. This time when Jesus comes, sets sets his kingdom up, you know, everyone's going to see, you know what, Jesus is real. Everything what the Bible talked about is real. Eternal life, salvation, it's real. God is real. Jesus is real. All of this is real. So, with that, what we read in verse 13, that's what Peter is saying. Get your mind on the Eternal, and let me add this for the reality is Jesus Christ will return soon that's the reality. Remember these guys are suffering, they're going to persecution it's a hard time, but peter's like hey don't don't focus on the waves yeah? don't focus on the storm here, you know what after the storm there's going to be jesus he's going to return yeah, or, or whether you you die in persecution you're martyr. You know what? You'll be in heaven. The reality is the eternal. So get your mind on the eternal for the reality. And we could say this for sure today. The reality is Jesus Christ will return soon. Do you believe that? I believe that. You know, we just finished, right, our whole study. It was a couple of years, maybe it was, in the book of Revelation. If you missed it, you can go back to our video archives on YouTube or Spotify or podcasts and all But We can see Christ is about to come. Sometimes we can get all like caught up in today, all caught up in the troubles of today, the waves, the storms. But we got to remember, we got to keep our mind on the eternal that this will end one day. And we got to know that the reality is the eternal. The reality is Jesus Christ is going to return soon. The reality is we have this hope And this future for us believers. Before um, Pastor Tommy and Joanna came and stayed with us, um, uh, we cleaned up the guest room and upstairs and everything. I I should say probably Kristen did most of it. Uh, I was studying, okay. (laughs) I wasn't just watching TV eating chips or something. But but anyway, um, don't laugh at me. (laughs) It's true. But anyway... <clears throat> I was with her in spirit, okay, but anyway, we prepared for them, right, we, we got ready, we knew they were coming and on, they came on a Tuesday, I remember, uh, they flew in with Naoko, and I remember um, <clears throat> the Monday um, after Kristen, like, cleaned up the upstairs bathroom, which was the one they were going to use, the guest bathroom, I remember, I, I remember I decided, you know what, I'm not going to use that bathroom, even though it's right next to my office. I'll go all the way into our our bedroom, because keep it clean, plus you might get mad at me. Anyway. (laughs) But the idea is, knowing Tommy guys are coming, and we were preparing, you can say I took action in that reality that tomorrow the pastor and his wife was going to be here. Well, that's the idea. In a similar way, knowing that this is real. Our life in Christ is real. What the Bible says is real. The reality is Christ is going to come. He's, all the prophecies are going to be fulfilled. Believing in that, in that reality that Jesus will return anytime, very soon, tomorrow. Jesus will come. That should affect us how we live Today. And that's what Peter's saying. Look, get your mind on the eternal. Don't get lost in right now. Keep your mind on the eternal to set your life right in living life for Jesus. The fact is, right, outlook determines outcome, attitude determines action. So we gotta get our minds into the reality of the eternal. God calls us to that, you know, you guys. The, this is what God wants in our life. He, he doesn't just save us and we just go on and live our life here. No, we live our life now for the eternal, for what's coming. Listen to Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 1. This is the NLT. It, it, it reads like this. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Isn't that good? Uh, I think the old King James was, set your mind on Christ. I remember memorizing that. We got to set our sights, our mind on the realities of the eternal. That's what's really real, you guys. That's what re- really matters in our life. That's what's, what's, what's going to help us through. That's what we live for, Jesus, in that eternal. So let me put it this way. God is calling us to keep eternity in your mind. This life here on earth is not all that there is. There's a future, you guys. There's a future in eternity. That we're going to have. This isn't everything right now. So let's not put everything into right now. Let's put everything into Jesus and eternity that's coming. Remember I said there's a battle in our mind. The battlefield is in our mind. Well, you know, what? the enemy, he wants us to keep thinking of only now. He wants to live our life for now. I mean, you know how like... um, we, it's good for us to have wisdom, be good stewards of the monies and how God's provided for us. You know, um, it's not good if we just oh, just think about today, and forget about tomorrow, right? We just oh, spend all the money today. Oh, well, what am I going to have for food tomorrow? Well, I didn't think about tomorrow, right? That's the idea. The enemy wants us to just think about today, spend all your money today. Ah, oh, don't worry about that. Ah, this is this is it. This is it. no, it's not. The enemy wants to take you off course by having you focus on the temporal, on the temporary, on on right now, and disregard the eternal things. He wants us, you know what, to be horizontally orientated. Just think about the horizontal, but not vertically orientated. Just focusing oh on on my life here, uh, uh, my 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 the place I live, the money I get, my possessions. Just focusing on my pleasures. Yeah. I prayed last week how it, you know Pastor Tom and I we were talking about this how COVID has made us more self focused. Yeah. We we were like oh careful we don't want to catch wear masks or. Oh, social distancing, you know, when we are locked down, don't go out, you know, it's a crazy time, right? And I think we got into this mode of just self-focus and just me my life and we forget about the eternal things. Satan wants us to stay there, just live horizontally orientated, not vertical. Satan doesn't want us to be vertically orientated like thinking about the eternal like like Lost souls, people who need Jesus because Jesus is coming soon. That's the eternal thinking. Or about serving God, right? Thinking of others more than yourself. COVID made us think about ourselves and, oh, I can't serve God right now. We got to think eternally about furthering the kingdom of God because that's what the reality is. That's the eternal We've got to think about what's having a mind of, you know, keep, keeping an eternal mind. Going to church. Being with God's people. Being part of the body. Functioning as a body and furthering the kingdom of God. It's about spiritual growth. It's about being in the word of God. You know, um, Pastor Stephen announced, yeah, we get prayer on, on Saturday. That's being eternally minded. To make an effort to come, not saying, "Well, I don't know. Uh, Prayer is boring, is it?" Prayer is a connection with God. It's it's an eternal connection here into eternity where God is. It's eternal thinking. Well, I I don't know. Uh, I, I I don't like to pray. Well, let's learn to pray together. That's having an eternal mind. Prayer, is something that God asks us. To do and so I believe it's important that. And I'm not saying you, you gotta come, Pastor Stephen, saying you better come, no, but <laughs> I'm just saying change your mind about things, about what's important right now, about loving Jesus Christ with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. See, the reality is God, the reality is Jesus. And the devil wants to distract you from that. He, he, he's trying to deviate you from that. Why? To destroy you. So watch what is in, going into your mind. You know what happens when we just think horizontally? We actually make this alternate reality. Yeah? And we think, oh, well, that's life. That's what it's about. That's what God is about. And we shut down what I'm talking about right now. So Peter is saying, look, set your hope on what's coming. Be eternally minded. Put eternity in your mind. This, is, this isn't everything. The reality is the eternal. This is just temporary. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient. Oh, King James is temporal. But the things that are unseen are eternal. That's what we look to. That's what we keep in our minds. Listen, when we start to live in this alternate reality, when we forget the eternal and God Himself, you know what happens? Satan likes to use that. Our flesh pulls us away. And what it does, it, it undermines our core beliefs about God. That's what happens. I've been talking to many people. Some of you are are are, are struggling or discouraged. And, and and we when we get into that discouragement and we start Uh, running away with thoughts that aren't true and sometimes the the enemy our own flesh puts together some sort of weird theology of our own we leave like these core beliefs of God these things that that the word of God say and sometimes I'm talking guys say oh no wait wait Romans 8 1 therefore there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus I mean I felt that I've let my thoughts spiral out and allow the enemy to push me more like, oh God, God's condemning you. God hates you. You're so bad, right? That's when we allow the flesh and Satan to undermine our core beliefs about God. One toxic thought can poison your whole mind. So we have to be careful. I think some of the most damaging thoughts is like i'm helpless nothing can be done for me i'm worthless i I think another thought is i'm unlovable but the truth of the word of god that we have in here and what we've been studying and, and knowing through all these years what we read is jesus saying look i'm here you're not helpless i'm here with the power to help you you're not, you're not worthless. You're so precious to me, I died on the cross for you, for your sins. I love you. That's my love. Maybe you feel unlovable, but Jesus says, I love the unlovable. I make the unlovable lovable. He changes us, right? If you knew me before, oh, you wouldn't love me. Maybe you still don't love me, but God's changing me. Right? <laughs> But see, these thoughts can say things and create this alternate reality, but the reality is is Jesus. The reality is the eternal things. So don't believe the lie, you guys. Don't believe the lie, but believe the truth of the Word of God and what God has shown you in here. And let me tell you, we can make that choice because Christ died and rose again from the dead. It's not like our mind is overtaking us and we're in bondage to it. No, we can make the choice to take every thought captive, right? And even with that, turn over to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. Turn to the left. To Romans 12, verse 2. We know these verses. I know for me, how many times I've, I've read this, prayed these verses, uh, But look at verse two in particular, Romans 12:2, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewal of your mind, that by the testing, you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. We can be renewed in our mind and not be conformed to the world, our flesh, the old ways. We can be renewed by making a choice saying, you know what, I'm going to take every thought captive. I don't have to think these thoughts. I don't have to be like this. I can take the truth of God and believe in that and live that. I found hope, you guys, in in learning recently how, um, I thought this was interesting. Scientists say that there's neural pathways in our brains, that there's like grooves dug deep from, our our lifetime of thinking certain thoughts or say the same thoughts all, all the time. Um, I I when I read that I pictured oh yeah I used to go to the surf spot and and you know you, you walk through this field but you knew where to go because there was a path. There wasn't a path probably there before, but because everyone walked that path, it was dirt and then all around it, right, is 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 the grass and and all. Well, that's what we do in our brains. We think the same thoughts. And in our lifetime, it just dug this neural pathway. But Jesus gives us the choice to make a new path. That we don't have to think those thoughts no more. That we don't have to see everything as in a temporal way, but now we can have eternity in our mind. So you guys, this is to say God wants to heal your mind. God wants to help you. God wants to help you in the way you think, right? By thinking the truths of God. Sometimes we, we think one way or, or, or we always, like, like my example, we always go, go toward condemnation. God doesn't like me. I've sinned too much. Why? Because we kept going down that path. But we have to stop that path and now... Go down this new path that if I sin, God thank you that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. First John one nine. the blood of Christ cleanses me from all our sin. First John one seven, right? Those are new paths we can take when we do fail. It, I'm not saying it condones your sin or, or it gives you excuses to sin, but in those times when we are under guilt and we regret, we can default to the truth of God and go to the cross and find forgiveness and restoration. We can do that with many, many areas in our life with the truth of His Word. So, let's make new paths in our mind. Get your mind on the eternal and let that, be your default path. I'll close with this. KP Yohannan is is the founder and president of Gospel for Asia. I've heard him speak many times at pastor conferences and all. Um, uh, Primarily, it's a ministry uh, to the people in India. He also wrote a book called Living in the Light of Eternity, which I just started reading too. Um, And it's really good. I recommend it. Uh, I got that e-book, reading on my iPad and stuff. But let me share with you something he once shared. He said this, There was a time in my life I was so discouraged, I considered leaving the ministry completely and go into real estate. Out early I was doing all the right things, but my heart had become cold. One day I was reading about the life of Jacob in the Bible, and suddenly the Lord began to speak to my heart. I realized, just like Jacob, I had messed up. I had been focused on good things, but not the right things. I prayed a simple prayer. Lord, take eternity and stamp it on my eyes. I love that. I want, he went on to say, I want to live the rest of my life knowing that I am not here on earth forever. And then he writes, that was many years ago, but I've never been the same since. That's it, you guys. Starts in our mind. Let's stamp eternity on our eyes. and Let's put eternity in our minds that we may be living life for Jesus. Starts there in our mind. Let's pray. Lord, uh, as we come before you, God, we've allowed a lot of things in our minds that shouldn't be there. Things that are against your word. Things that are of the flesh. Things that make us angry, complain. Things that make us bitter and uh, uh, hold unforgiveness, God. Lord, there's things in our mind that the world has influenced us with, Lord. The way the world does things, the way the world thinks, the way society is is pushing their philosophies and morals upon us. God, we've allowed the enemy, Satan, to even influence us, to shoot his arrows, God, that we've taken out off our helmet, our salvation, and we haven't held up our shield of faith, Lord. And it's penetrated into our minds, God, the lies about how you feel about us, about your love for us, about your forgiveness, Lord. God, we want to get back to a clear and true mind, understanding who you are through the... Word of God, understanding who we are through the Word of God, understanding what it means to live for you through the Word of God. Lord, help us, God, to not be cold no more, but to have a fire for you. God, to have a passion for your truth, a passion for you, a passion to be with you, a passion knowing that when we pray, God, we connect with eternity. When we worship you, we're connecting with eternity. When we're in your word, we're hearing from you from eternity. Lord, set our minds on what is above God and not below. God, I ask right now, as you've been speaking to us, that you'd forgive us that you would clear out our minds and that you would help us now to put those things in our minds that matter because we know it starts there in how we live. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you for being here right now. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're even now You're healing our minds. God, we want our lives to be about you and nothing else. In Jesus' name, amen.